Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for your support of the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We get to dig into some of our LCMS history today. Meet one of the historical figures that uh, his last name is possibly familiar to you, hopefully familiar, depending on what kind of Lutheran circles you run in. But this person is very uh, integral to our LCMS history. And we actually have him on our church calendar on uh, May 4th. We we commemorate him on May 4th. So we're, we get to talk about Friedrich Winnikin today with Dr. Cameron McKenzie, the Forrest E. and Francis H. Ellis Professor of Historical Theology at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. McKenzie. I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So we get to dig into the life of Friedrich Winnikin, uh, and I know you know uh, so much about his life, and I'm not sure we're, we might just scratch the surface of this in 25 minutes, but that's okay. Uh, what do we know about the early years of Friedrich Winnikin? Well, like um, most of the founders of the Missouri Synod, uh, he was uh, born in um, Germany, but of course there really wasn't a Germany then. He was born in that part of Germany, which is called uh, Hanover. And his father was a pastor, um, but his father also died when uh, Friedrich was uh, just five years old. But his mother uh, managed to um, put uh, put her boys through um, uh, university, and uh, Friedrich, uh, along with a couple of his brothers, uh, was uh, became a pastor. And um, in those days, after you graduated from the university and were look at, and were going into the ministry, you didn't go right away. You usually did something else. And in his case, he taught. He taught at Latin school. He also tutored. And during that time, uh, he got interested in uh, missions. Um, in the 1830s, uh, Germans were starting to leave Germany and go to other places, including North America, and uh, mission societies were organizing to try to provide uh, pastors uh, for for those people. And Winnikin uh, got interested in that. Some other members of his family did as well. And so he decided uh, that uh, he would, uh, he instead of taking up post in uh, Germany, he would uh, go to the mission field and go to North America to help serve the German immigrants to our country. So what did that journey to America look like? Well, it would have been um, uh, a sailing vessel. And um, though, you know, most boats uh, arrived, uh, they didn't always arrive safely. Uh, at about the same time, see, Winnikin came in uh, 1838, and that was just uh, a few months prior to the Saxons uh, coming as well. And uh, there, if I remember correctly, it's like they had four boats and one of them sank. Mm -hmm. So it was, was not a sure thing. Uh, but uh, apparently uh, Friedrichs was uh, uneventful, although he was using a vessel that uh, later on was the same vessel that brought over Kramer. And <laughs> Kramer was another one of those uh, uh, early uh, missionaries and founders of the Missouri Synod. 
So what, what would that journey have been like? Uh, what, what would his, his journey look like on this boat? Where did he actually end up in America? Uh, yeah, he, he uh, arrived uh, safely in uh, Baltimore, which was one of the port cities to which these uh, vessels sometimes came. And uh, Baltimore, of course, was a pre-Civil War uh, city, a lot going on, and they actually had some German immigrants. And so Winniken, as soon as he could, uh, found um, uh, Lutheran congregations, and there were a couple of them. Uh, the first one that he found was, uh, well, it, the, the preaching there was kind of rationalistic, and it wasn't anything that attracted him. But he found what was called the Second Lutheran Congregation. And there the pastor was a Pastor Hesbert, and Hesbert was a, uh, um, a, a, a an evangelical type who was interested in reaching the unreached with the gospel and organizing uh, German Lutherans. Uh, and he became he became ill. And so for a couple of months, uh, Winniken uh, was his substitute. But Winniken had come to do missions. And so Hesbert uh, put him in touch with a, um, well, w today we'd probably call it a mission board. And this was uh, something associated with the first of the um, Lutheran synods in, in North America. That was the Pennsylvania Ministerium. And they did send out missionaries into the, what was then the West. Um, today we think of it the Midwest, Ohio, uh, Indiana, Michigan. Uh, and so they were willing to do that. So he arrived uh, uh, spring, early summer. And by the fall, he was on his way out to Ohio and Indiana. And so how was he, how was he used in his early years in America? How did okay. God use him to serve the church? Yeah. Okay. Well, what he was concerned about originally was those German immigrants who uh, were coming to America basically for economic reasons, not religious reasons. Uh, for example, in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, it was a... Um, um, a, a kind of a, a, a well, he owned a mill and he was kind of a businessman, but he was concerned uh, that there would be workers available to dig canals. And so he recruited Germans to come. Uh, and that's why they came to dig canals, make a living and so forth. Uh, and Germany didn't have the greatest economic opportunities in the 19th century. So, you know, from about the 1830s up until about 1890, just lots of Germans came to America. So what Winniken saw as his task was locating where these Germans were and preaching, teaching, but especially trying to organize them into uh, congregations. And so that's what he did. Um, he uh, arrived in uh, Indiana, where a couple of churches had been founded, one here in Fort Wayne and one a few miles out of Fort Wayne. Um, but the pastor had died just shortly before Winniken showed up. And so these congregations asked Winniken to be their pastor. And he said, well, okay, but I still am going to be going around and trying to organize Germans into uh, congregations. So he spent lots of time on the road, and maybe road isn't even the right uh, <laughs> term for what they were traveling on. And he'd go into an area, and uh, he would try to find out whether there were any Germans. 
And then if he located the Germans, he tried to find out if they were uh, interested in uh, church. And uh, not all of them were. Some were, uh, but not all of them were. And this was this really concerned him that you had uh, people from the motherland uh, who were no longer interested in being Christian. So uh, if, they, if they were interested, he would try to baptize babies. And he talks about having to baptize children who were like 10, 12 years old because there'd been no pastor and they'd not been baptized. And then he tried to do a little basic instruction. If he could organize them into a congregation. Uh, and in that, he was remarkably successful. In fact, I'll give you a little factoid here. There were 14 congregations that joined the Missouri Synod in, in 1847. Six of those were congregations that uh, Winnikin had helped to organize. Wow. Yeah. So that that's the kind of work that he was uh, doing in, in all kinds of just very difficult and terrible, uh, terrible conditions. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about those those conditions uh, during that time period. Uh, the the I'm sure there was some some social things going on, some economic things. Uh, being in a new country uh, without a lot of of uh, support. Talk a little bit about those conditions he was working in. Yeah, uh, he he talks about um, finding uh, some uh, German settlers and uh, describes their uh, life. Uh, they they work every day, including Sundays, uh, from uh, morn till dusk, uh, simply to uh, grow enough food uh, in order to feed themselves and their families. I mean, it, it was very forested land, so they had to clear the, clear the land of uh, trees, then they had to plant the crops, and those crops are subject to uh, problems with the weather and all kinds of crop diseases. So this was a very poor uh, difficult uh, life. Uh, and so uh, Winnikin often found that they really didn't even have time or energy uh, for church and religion. Uh, so that was one of the things he had to try to do was to encourage them to think about their spiritual well-being as well as their uh, physical uh, well-being. Uh, and he, te- he, he, he wrote up many, many accounts of the kind of uh, situation that he discovered. Um, uh, Another problem besides their material well-being was the fact that there were fraudulent pastors Mm. out there, Uh, not enough clergy. And so some people who weren't clergy at all uh, would take advantage of that situation and pretend to be clergy. Uh, Probably his best story, at least I think is the greatest one, it talks about a, a guy, a cooper, a guy who uh, made um, uh, barrels. And um, this man drove into a little settlement. And uh, there, because of the kind of cart that he was in, people mistook him for being a preacher. And so uh, he gives it maybe two thoughts. And he says, well, maybe he can make a living as a preacher. And so on Sunday, he conducts a service and preaches, and he does this for about six weeks. And then uh, the, the rumor starts getting around that he is a wife beater. And oh, they, yeah, it was terrible. So they ended up chasing him out of town. And when Wienikin showed up then some weeks later, they're very suspicious of him. And he asks, well, you know, what's, what's the story here? And they told him the story. 
And he asked, well, why did you ever accept somebody like that as your preacher? And they said, well, we needed a preacher. He had the gift of gab. And besides, he was cheap. So, yeah, crazy. So anyway, that was the kind of situation that Wienikin would face, uh, as well as people who just were no longer interested in religion. And he would try to encourage them and they wouldn't come. Uh, he Wienikin was the type who um, would, spoke frankly. And so, for example, there was one fellow who uh, asked him uh, what it was that he was preaching. And he told him briefly and he said, do you believe that? And Wienikin said, well, of course I believe it. And he says, well, I don't. I think it's nonsense. And so Wienikin says, well, you can keep saying it's nonsense. Just tell that to the devil as he's dragging you down to, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. See what happens. So that was the kind of stuff that Wienikin had to uh, uh, do in order to get people's attention and interested once again in uh, in their spiritual well-being as well as their material well-being. Yeah. Yeah, we have so much more to talk about, uh, about the Reverend Friedrich Winnikin and our LCMS history. Uh, we have to take a quick break, though. We're doc- talking with Dr. Cameron McKenzie from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. We're talking with Dr. Cameron McKenzie from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, about the life of Reverend Friedrich Winnikin and our early LCMS history. And before we went to break, you were talking about some of the uh, the struggles, the difficulties that Winnikin uh, had to had to deal with uh, as he came from Germany and was a missionary pastor around uh, the the new uh, Midwest states, Ohio. Uh, Michigan, Indiana. Uh, who are some of the people that he that he did uh, work with? The the network of other Germans that he was working with to actually plant some of these churches. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, in addition to remembering him as a missionary pastor, we also have to uh, give God thanks for the work that Winnikin did to publicize the need for uh, the Germans uh, here in North America. And he did this primarily by sending reports back to the um, uh, motherland uh, to fellow Lutherans who, like him, were concerned about reaching people uh, with the gospel. Uh, And they had organized things like mission societies in which they would pray, collect money, try to recruit men for the mission field. And so he would write, uh, write reports back. Uh, and these reports were very well written and very, uh, very moving. Uh, and there are a number of men who ended up becoming important um, uh, 
uh, in terms of the founding of the uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, who actually read his reports and were at least in part moved uh, by by that. Uh, one was uh, uh, August Kramer, who became the great uh, missionary to the uh, Indians in Frankenmuth in Michigan. Another was uh, Wilhelm Thieler, who became the first uh, vice president of the Missouri Senate and longtime pastor uh, here in Fort Wayne, helped to found my seminary, Concordia Theological Seminary. Uh, and another, a man who did not come uh, to America, but uh, recruited, trained, and sent about 80 other missionaries uh, was Wilhelm Lea. And he was a pastor in Franconia, Neuen Dettelsau, not too far from Nuremberg. Um, and he read some of Winnegan's very early materials, uh, reworked them uh, for an article in a church paper. And in response to that article, uh, a, a man showed up at his parsonage and said, uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, and so Winnegan and the fellow pastor uh, trained him. And there was another fellow who turned up and they trained him. And they sent two men to America uh, in uh, uh, 1842. But the reason they were doing that is they'd been moved to do that by uh, Winnegan's uh, reports back. Uh, now, in 1841, uh, Winnegan himself returned to Germany. He had some health issues. Uh, but those health issues did not prevent him from kind of going on a lecture tour. And so he met some of these men and uh, recruited and inspired others. And one of those whom he inspired personally uh, was a fellow by the name of Friedrich Lochner. And Lochner uh, was one of the early pastors in Milwaukee. He also taught for a while at um, this seminary, and he was actually one of the first in the Missouri Senate to be interested in liturgics. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, an, a very important guy. Uh, and uh, again, it was Winnikin who inspired him. Winnikin inspired him directly. And Winnikin was a powerful uh, speaker. And Lochner recorded how when Winnikin was talking about the challenges of frontier ministry and the, and the, and the Methodist preachers who preached emotional experience, revival experiences, uh, Winnikin shifted into kind of a Methodist mode and he went down to the front row and he said, do you want to be saved? <laughs> and Lochner said, they, they looked, they thought they were already, they were in a Methodist revival all of a sudden. So he was very effective in personal communications as well as through his, uh, his writings. And a lot of those writings have been translated into English and they're, they're, they are available if you uh, go to a, a library or something. So. You mentioned earlier that there was a, a shortage of clergy and uh, the the importance of having faithful clergy. What was uh, what was Winnikin's influence on theological education in our church body in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, Winnikin uh, was pastor. Like home base was uh, Fort Wayne. And another place outside of Fort Wayne is Friedheim. And that was kind of home base for him, those two churches. Um, but there were men that he saw as uh, possible uh, preachers. And so he recruited them for the ministry. Um, one of those, I just mentioned this briefly, his name was uh, uh, Fricky. And Fricky was a um, kind of a, a rationalist critic of Christianity. 
And he told Winnikin, well, I don't believe what you're saying. So Winnikin said, well, I'm glad you're honest. Let's talk about this. And over a period of weeks, he did talk and answered his questions. And Fricky ended up becoming a Christian, a Lutheran. And then Winnikin recruited him for the ministry, but there wasn't a seminary close at hand he could send him to. So he trained Fricky and Husman and Yepker uh, in his parsonage. He trained them for the ministry. Uh, and that was that was a fairly typical way that they did on the frontier. Uh, it's kind of an apprenticeship uh, program. Well, uh, when Winnikin took a call to Baltimore, his successor here in Fort Wayne was Wilhelm Seeler. And Seeler picked up the pieces with instructing uh, those men that Winnikin had started. And then it was Seeler who a few years later uh, ended up uh, establishing uh, a Concordia Theological Seminary here in Fort Wayne. And that was in 1846. So you can kind of think of Winnikin as a um, um, maybe grandfather or godfather to Concordia mm-hmm. Seminary. But, and I, and I really should stress this, what what they were doing is they were really training men who could preach the gospel here on the frontier. Uh, and they weren't super concerned with uh, um, a deep academic education of the sort that you could get back in Germany, but rather equipping them uh, to deal with the work that was right there in front of them uh, as, the, as the Germans continued to come in ever larger numbers through those, through those uh, decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned, that that work of being a pastor in, in mid-1800s America was definitely not a, a job for the weary uh, or the faint of heart. It was it was a difficult thing to be a pastor to, to all those immigrants uh, in an area where there wasn't a lot of resources available. Uh, before we run out of time, I, w- I want to get into the, the history of, of uh, the beginning of the LCMS. Well, how did Winnikin help shape uh, the, the, uh, the founding of our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? Well, Winnikin and those other men that I mentioned uh, all came to America with the idea that they would affiliate with the Lutheran churches that were already in existence here. And Winnikin, in particular, uh, joined a group here in Fort Wayne called the Synod of the West. And that, in turn, was a part of a much larger group called the General Synod. Well, what Winnikin discovered about the General Synod is they weren't really very Lutheran. Uh, Their leading theologian was a man by the name of Samuel Simon uh, Schmucker. And Schmucker actually did something that most of the others didn't do. He published works on theology. But in those works on theology, he, when he dealt with uh, the Lord's Supper, for example, he said, well, here in America, Lutherans, some believe it's just a representation of Christ's body. Others believe in the real presence and so forth. And then he said, uh, and, and we don't fight about this. You can kind of take your choice. We have adherents of all positions. And Schmucker himself, uh, professor at Gettysburg Seminary, a leader in the General Synod, he was closer to Swingley than he was to Luther in terms of what he thought the Lord's Supper was all about. A memorial meal, representational, denied the real presence. So Wienikin and these others discovered that the Lutheran church bodies that they had affiliated with were not, after all, very Lutheran. Hmm. And, and so it was in um, the fall of 1845 
that Winniken and Lochner and Seeler met in Cleveland uh, to talk about their affiliation, and they decided, you know what, we're going to have to establish a Lutheran church body that's really Lutheran, and that is committed to the doctrine that our Lutheran forefathers uh, confessed on the basis of the scriptures in the Lutheran confessions. And so that decision was made in September. And by that time, they knew about the Saxons that CFW Walther and his group down in Missouri, because Walther had started to publish Der Lutheraner, the Lutheran. And when Winniken saw that, his comment was, thank God there are still some Lutherans in America. <laughs> so they reached out to those folks, and it was the two groups, the Winniken Leia group in this part of the country and the Saxon group in your part of the country <laughs> that actually worked together to form the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. So where do we see his legacy today and why should I tell that in my my circle of friends and in, in my church body too? Well, I the way I like to do it is I like to say that in the forming of the Missouri Synod, there were two ideas that complemented each other very well. The Saxons, the Walther group, they came to America looking for a free country in which they could set up a truly Orthodox Lutheran church. Whereas Winniken and the Leahmen, they came to America looking for opportunities to reach people with the gospel who otherwise wouldn't hear it, wouldn't be in church. Those two ideas come together to form the Missouri Synod. We're still committed to biblical Christianity, Lutheran doctrine, but why are we committed to it? Because we want to reach people with God's truth for the salvation of their souls. So both Walther and Winniken kind of combined to put the Missouri Synod uh, clearly uh, on biblical doctrine and clearly also on a mission path to reach people with that doctrine. Thanks be to God that uh, that we have this church body today because of the work of those men uh, who who went out to share the good news of Jesus to uh, to those German immigrants and to the Germans that came over to America. Uh, we are sadly all out of time. I know there's so much more to this story that we could tell. Dr. Cameron McKenzie, the Forrest E. and Francis H. Ellis Professor of Historical Theology at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thanks so much for being our guest today. You are very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Da, 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 da.